Today's episode is very proudly brought to you by InReachCo, Australia's first exclusively regional, rural and remote allied health job platform. InReachCo was created by allied health professionals for allied health professionals and is committed to connecting Australian communities with the allied healthcare workers they need. For a simple and interactive way to explore current regional and remote positions or for businesses wanting to explore job advertisement opportunities, head to www.inreachco.com.au. The links will also be in the show notes. G'day guys and welcome to Holly the OT podcast. My name is Holly and I'm an occupational therapist looking to create a judgment-free zone for all OT students, new grads and early year therapists. Join me as I give my honest opinions on the highs and the lows and the ins and the outs of being an OT. Before I start today's episode, I'd like to acknowledge the Wujok Noongar people who are the traditional custodians of the land this episode was recorded. I would also like to acknowledge that I support the Uluru Statement from the Heart and a First Nations voice to Parliament. Now is the time to listen, share and advocate to and for our First Nations communities. Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Holly the OT. How are you guys? This is when you guys nod and say, I'm good, Holly, I'm good. It's been a little while since I've been in your ears. It's been such a hectic few weeks, but I'm so excited to be back recording and getting another episode out for you guys. Today's a fun one. It didn't involve much of my brain power, which is what I needed. I needed a, an easy episode just to get the ball rolling again. We are talking the must-have essentials to pack in your therapy bag This is going to be really helpful for someone just starting out in pediatrics or anyone maybe going on a pediatric placement. These are going to be my top five must-haves. And obviously, no real world do you ever just have to take five, but sometimes you've got to pack light. So this is all my little insight into what I would pack. But before we do that, let's do my high and my low for the last three weeks, I guess. It's been since I've recorded. My high and my low is the same thing. It's that we arrived in Perth. If you've been following along the journey, you will know that I have just moved from Outback, New South Wales, across the other side of the country to Perth, and we've been traveling for over two months now, two and a half months, which is just wild that it's gone that quickly for our trip, but also just for like calendar things. Like, I don't know, I look at the calendar, I'm like, where did two months go? What do you mean? But we arrived in Perth. So the last time I recorded was when I did my interview with Dave, which was a really great episode. You guys have been loving that one. But that was in Sejuna. So if you're not familiar with the map, um, Sejuna is at the start of the Nullarbor if you're coming from the East Coast. And we've now made it to Perth. So we fully crossed the Nullarbor. We spent some time down in Esperance in the southwest of Western Australia, which was just absolutely beautiful. Crossing the Nullarbor was like a dream come true. It's hard to explain. Like it was just, it was incredible. Um, something about it, so peaceful, just I – I would do it every day if I could. No, that's a lie. I wouldn't do that. I would do it often. I would I would not hesitate to recross the Nullarbor is probably a better way to say it. But that, that's all done. So we've arrived in Perth and obviously that's really, really exciting because that's what the plan was. But guys, when I tell you when I got here, I hated it. Now, I don't know if I just hated the reality of our trip being over, like now we're in Perth, now it's time to find a house and start working again and blah, blah, blah. But we also didn't visit before we came over. So I just had this idea in my head of what it was going to be like. And I hear what you're thinking, Holly, go on holiday, go to the town you're moving to before you go there. But I just, yeah, we just winged it. Anyway, so I got here and it just wasn't what we sort of thought it was going to be. It's really busy. Now, obviously, it's a city. Again, I'm saying this out loud. I'm like, duh, Holly. 
But I've come from the outback where there is nothing and I loved it. And we sort of just got here and I was a little bit overwhelmed, I guess. And I didn't realise how much of my good mental health was situational and environmental. And I know I've never loved cities, I've never loved busy places, but I just had in my mind that Perth was going to be just like Newcastle. Like Newcastle's a country town on the ocean with lots of services. Like it's obviously not, but it's just, yeah, Perth Perth is different and uh, it's growing on me. I am learning to love it. The suburb that we thought we were going to live in, that I had done all my research in and had at least 10 rentals that we'll go in to apply for, we got there and I was like, no, I, I cannot live here. And you have to remember, like, I'm going to be here by myself when my partner starts working his FIFO role. If you're new to this episode, I'm so sorry. There's, I, I slowly chip away at telling stories. Um, but, yeah, my partner will be doing two weeks on, one week off. And I think that reality sort of set in when we got here. Like, I'm going to be alone in this big city and it's hard to make friends in a city. I made friends in the outback like that. I made friends in Newcastle just like that when I lived down the south coast. It's just when you're in smaller places, like you make friends so much easier. So literally like we'd been here for a week and I quit my job. I'd convinced Kane we were leaving Perth and we were looking at flights to Broome and we were we were out of here. But we have come back around and that was a very short way of telling you the chaoticness of the last three weeks. But that is probably why there hasn't been any episodes because I've just not been sort of coping and my anxiety has been at an all-time high, but I'm doing really good this week. And as of yesterday, we have a rental. Um, the job that I quit, I asked for it back <laughs> and I got it back, which that'll start in a few weeks, which is really incredible and I'm really appreciative for that. But yeah, just a reminder, just to take a breath and take things slow. Anyway, I'm diving too much into my my details. You guys don't really care, but I just thought I would explain to you guys why there hasn't been an episode. Not that I need to explain to you guys either. Like, I feel like there's all this pressure to do like regular episodes and weekly episodes and it's just pressure I put on myself. And I know you guys are just happy for an episode when there is an episode, but I have to remind myself like if I'm not happy doing an episode, I'm never going to force myself to do an episode. You guys will never get consistent episodes out of me. Like I did two episodes in two days the other week. Like (laughs) the algorithm would be hating me, but I don't care. Like I just want to give you guys content. I want to give you guys the content that I am happy with. And yeah, anyway, I'm rambling. See, I'm back. She's back. Did you miss this rambling? Did you miss this insignificant storytelling? But yeah, thank you everyone that checked in. I put a little thing on my story the other day saying that it had been a rough few weeks and I had so many people message me and it just made me really, really happy and I appreciate that. And obviously I've got good support from my friends and family as well, but I like this little community and I appreciate that you guys were checking in on me because you hadn't heard from me. So thank you so much. Now, I'm introducing something new, something really cool. We've obviously been doing a lot of driving, which means listening to a lot of podcasts that aren't mine, even though at one point we had to listen to me because we had to switch phones and the only podcast downloaded on my boyfriend's phone was me. And he was like, I haven't listened to this episode yet. We have to listen. It lasted two minutes and I was like, we can't do this. Anyway, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. And I think the best podcasts to listen to are when the community is involved in the podcast. Like you guys, like I want to hear from you. It's not physically possible for me to interview every single person that follows the page because I don't have the time or the energy. But I'm going to introduce voice memos. If you guys want to be on the show, send me a voice memo. I love when you're just listening to a pod and they talk about a story and they play a little snippet. Like, that's what I want. So I want to hear from you guys, voice memos about anything. Like, I want to know what do you love about OT? I want to know your funny, weird story about how you became an OT, what made you decide to want to study OT or or be an OT. What's like the funniest reaction someone's given you when you've said, 
hey, I'm studying OT or I'm an OT. Like, you know how people just don't know what we do? What's the funniest thing? Give me your client wins. Give me your client losses. Like, have a vent. Like, I just want to hear from you guys and I want to put it on the show because I think there's so much value in community, so much value in knowing that it's not just you and me that are going through the same OT experience. There's so many of you out there. So send me a voice memo. If you don't know how to do a voice memo, it's on Instagram. Instead of typing, you press the voice memo. It's how I communicate with 98% of the people in my life because who has got time for typing? I had some students send me an email the other day. Um, they're in at the school in Lightning Ridge and they were like, hey, like we're seeing your students can – um, not your students, sorry, your clients. Can you give us some information? Like, here are the clients. And I was like, hey, I absolutely can. Let's do a video call. I'm not typing this out to you. <laughs> so voice memos are elite. Voice memos are so good. So send me a voice memo. By sending me a voice memo, you're giving me permission to put yourself on the pod and say your name. So if you don't want to say your name, let me know. If you want to be anonymous, you can also do that. Let me know. But you give me permission to pop your voice on. So hope that's okay. But yeah, send me a voice memo over on the gram. If you don't follow me on the gram, what are you doing? Holy the OT underscore podcast. Get amongst it. The content is so great. There just hasn't been anything for three weeks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yes, voice memos. I'm sure you'll be hearing me talk more about that, but can't wait for you guys to be involved. All right. Now that the world's longest introduction, so sorry, is done, let's get into the ep. So today's ep is my top five things that I think everyone should pack in their therapy bag. And by everyone, I mean me because I would never tell you guys what to do. You do what you want. But these are the top five things that I definitely take to me to every school visit, every home visit, every mobile visit. When you've got to pack light, when you've just got to pack your bag. Now, this episode was sparked because my mum is sending some stuff over for us. We haven't got our big shipment yet. So when I was about to start work, like I needed all my therapy things and there was only so much that could fit in the postage bag. So I had to pick my crucial ones, my favorite ones, and this is what I came up with. So that's the inspo for the app, but let's do it. So number one, my number one thing that I would have in any therapy kit is a body sock. Now I use body. Oh, actually, no, that's a lie. It's a lycra tunnel. (laughs) This is so chaotic. I didn't write notes. I wrote notes in my head because that's how my brain works. And I remember saying to myself, you're going to say lycra tunnel, not body sock, because you can only choose one of them. You can't take both of them. So it's lycra tunnel because you can use a lycra tunnel as a body sock. Like if we're just having one lycra, I've had kids that will crawl through a lycra tunnel and then they will sit in the tunnel and like with like a ginormous tail, bit of a trip hazard, but that's okay. Don't worry. Um, yeah, they'll sit in the, the end of the tunnel and then like have a chat or do an activity. So I love, I love Lycra and in the real world, I'm probably just going to take both, but for entertainment purposes, I'm going to take the Lycra tunnel over the body sock purely for the versatility of it. Now, why I think having a lacquer tunnel is so important too is because it gives kids a place to sort of retreat to as well. Like if you're going on mobile therapy, like you're going to home or primarily you probably be going to schools or preschools, is you sort of don't know where you're going to be that day. Like you might have a space that you go, but you never know if that's going to change or you're going to go somewhere else or if there's other kids in the space. You just you don't know. That part of it is out of your control and we have to be really appreciative as well of schools letting us use their spaces. But in a therapy gym or in a clinic, generally you will have a timeout space. You will have a dark corner. You will have somewhere they can retreat to safely if they need to. And you're not taking a pop-up tent with you. And if you are, I want to know how you're packing it because it's not practical. 
I've had kids that will go in the tunnel and will have some time to themselves while they're in the tunnel. I've had kids that will have the most powerful conversations with me when they're in the middle of the lacquer tunnel, hunched over and in a fetal position because that's when they feel the most safe. That's when they feel the most understimulated because there's no lights, everything's sort of a bit dim and they're getting such a deep proprioceptive input. So I just love the power of that and being able to offer a space for kids to go, even if it's in a tunnel um, and like obviously it's different to a tent, you can't get in there with them. I mean, you could, I personally haven't. (laughs) We were doing a photo shoot at work once and we got one of the assistants. I was like, you have to go in there and pretend you're a student. I'm not a student. Why do I keep saying student? You have to go in there and pretend you're a client, like a kid, so we can take photos of us doing therapy with the tunnel. It was very hilarious, but no, I would not go in. So that's number one. Number two of my top five things that I will never go to a therapy session without, and this was the most popular voted when I did a poll on what everyone's favorite therapy item was, and it's bubbles. This is not like a groundbreaking one. I think most therapists will use bubbles, but I just love them. Like I'm yet to see a kid that isn't just infatuated with bubbles. There are so many goals you can work on with bubbles. Not only is it like really, really fun and exciting, but it's really, really beneficial. Like you've got your deep breathing, you've got your oral motor. It's really great for turn taking, visual motor, like popping, cross that midline, pop that bubble. It's just, yeah, incredible. And I do it a lot with when I was doing joint sessions with the speechy Beth. And yeah, I just love bubbles. And I was a little bit guilty of using bubbles just with younger kids, but guys, the older kids love bubbles too. I remember I was doing a session with a 12-year-old boy and my therapy bag sort of tipped over and like bubbles rolled out of it. And I'd never done bubbles with him before. And he saw them and he was like, oh my gosh, can we do bubbles? And like his whole like mood was just like fixated on the bubbles. And I was like, we absolutely can do bubbles. You do not have to ask me twice. And then he was like, oh, why have you never brought them before? And I had to admit to him, like, I bring these every week. I just have never thought you would want to use them. And he was like, no, please do them with me all the time. So I was like, yes, great self-advocacy. You tell me what you want. And absolutely, we can do bubbles every single time. So bubbles, another a little hot tip, Holly, Holly's hot tip for you guys is if you're going to a school and you are doing like two or three sessions in a row, always take a second thing of bubbles. I had a busy day to school once. I think I was seeing four kids and I do bubbles with all four of those kids. And the first lovely little friend tipped out the bubbles. I can't remember if he did it on purpose or how it happened, which is completely irrelevant. Like these things happen, it's fine. But then kid number two, three and four, or was so salty at me because I had no bubbles. So from that moment, I always, always bring it back up bubbles. It's like at the bottom of my bag that the kids cannot see or get to unless in case of emergency. So always have a backup bubble. But bubbles is number two. Do not go anywhere without them. They are in every second of every session I do. Number three of five things that I will not go to therapy without. Now, this one's a controversial one. Well, I guess it's not controversial. I guess it's not really accessible. Not everyone's going to have one of these. But number three is an iPad. I don't go anywhere without my iPad. I use it for obviously like note taking, report writing. I've got the iPad with like the little keyboard. But there are so many good apps on the iPad. So many like cosmic yoga and there's so many handwriting games and problem solving games and the zones of regulation apps. And there's just so much. The really cool Go Noodle app 
I I was recommended to that by some followers when I was looking for more dance vids. Go Noodle was an absolute hoot. But even just having the access to YouTube and having the access to the internet without having to like get your phone out, there's so many times kids will like ask me a question and I'll be like, well, I don't know, let's find out together and we'll whip the iPad out and start Googling away. Like I just, there's so much you can do with an iPad and it's cool to show parents like what apps they can get and that screen time doesn't have to be bad. And yeah, I just, I love an iPad. I think they're very, very valuable. Also, like with handwriting and visual motor, like mazes and stuff like that. It's 2023, guys. It's time to not be printing out every single worksheet you're going to do. Use the iPad. Get a stylus. That's get a stylus. If you haven't got a stylus for your iPad, get a stylus. They're so handy. So, yeah, iPad number three. Controversial, I guess, but nah. It's also really good. I will always play my 432 hertz music on in the background of our sessions. I just sort of like put it on the iPad and it's playing around in the background. So even when we're not using it, I'm using it. So it's great for those mobile sessions when you can't take every single one of those things that's on the iPad with you. Number four of the top five items that I'm taking with me every therapy session and arguably my favorite, I think. I can't be certain, but I think squeaks. Now, there's gonna there's two types of people listening. You're either like, oh, yeah, squig's good one, Holly, or you're like, what the heck is a squig? Uh, let me try my best with my non-preparedness to explain to you what a squig is. It's like a little suction. There, I've got squigs minis, so you can get bigger ones, but I've got the mini ones. So mine are like 10 centimeters. There's like, and then there's like little ones and they've got like a little circle in them and they like look like a squig. <laughs> I don't know. They're suction and they're different colors. And I don't know how else to explain it. So I'm just going to put a link, but there's like, you get like a bucket of them and. I just hope everyone knows what a squeak is because I've not done a good job of explaining that at all. But I love squeaks. Reasons why I love squeaks, zones of regulation colors. Although there is the orange, but we sort of just get rid of the orange. I think I just like, I have a separate bag of the orange ones. They're the zones of regulation colors. They are great for hand strength. Like you put them together, you pull them apart. So you're doing all your fine motor, midline crossing, bilateral coordination. You're doing all that when you're putting your squeaks together. They stick to most surfaces. So our walls at work, they used to stick to, which was really good. The doors of the car cupboards, floors, tables, they stick to that. They stick to each other, obviously. They're just really, really fun. They've got that auditory feedback, like when you pull them apart, you get that pop sound, which kids froth that pop sound. So that's another reason why I love them. And as you guys know, I do used to do a lot of joints with Beth the Speechy, and she used to do this great game where um, I don't know if you guys know much about minimal pairs. If you've worked closely with speeches, you will. But essentially minimal pairs, and I'm going to butcher this explanation, but it's where you need to like differentiate between similar sounds. So like free and three is the main one, that, the best example I can give. But she would put pictures of free and three on different sides of the wall. The kids would sit or they'd balance or they'd stand like a meter back from the wall and then throw the squig at the at like which picture she was saying. So that was a really classic example of like mixing OT and speech. So she was doing her auditory discrimination and then getting the kids to say it back. So that verbal feedback. And yeah, so they were midline crossing. They were, you know, that accuracy, that sense of force, like knowing how hard they need to throw it to the wall to get it to stick. It was just an absolute hoot. And all the kids loved that game. Another fun thing I do with them is I made up these cards where I like 
um, made figures out of them with all the different colours and the different shapes and some only have three in them, some only have five and then like I made like a made a pretty cool one, guys. It had like 12 squigs in it. And I was like, ooh, is she a good squig girl or what? And anyway, so I cut them out, laminated them, and then they have to pick out which card they're going to get and then they have to make that. So that's so that's another fun one. But there's just so much you can do with squigs. I just love squigs. It's such a niche little thing, but you can do so much with them. And kids love them. So 10 out of 10, recommend. Number five of the five things I take to every therapy session is my wobble board. Now, not one of those bougie wooden ones. If you got one of them, like pop off, that's bougie. No, I've just got the $15 Kmart round one, the black one that's got like the red circle in the middle and you can add the heights um, to the bottom of it. I love taking my wobble board. It's pretty slimline, like you can chuck it in any bag, but the main reason I like it, well, two main reasons is it's really important to be able to have some sort of vestibular strategy that you can offer in a session. Like if you're in a clinic, typically speaking, you would have swing you might have spinny whizzies, you might have all sorts of different things to get those different types of vestibular inputs, but you don't really have that option at schools. Every now and then you might go to a school or a preschool that has a swing, but it's not the norm. So by having the wobble board, you can do all sorts of rocking. It's only quite subtle, obviously, like you can't get the full intensity of it, but you can make it more intense depending on the activity that you're doing. So one of my favorite things to do is standing on the wobble board and blowing bubbles, that connection between activating your core through your deep breathing, being upright and having that vestibular input. There's just so much regulation that kids can get out of that and that's one of my favourite things to do. And even just holding their hands and like swinging them from side to side, getting that rotational vestibular input, you know, you can push them back and forwards to get that linear vestibular input. It's just super easy without having to use much space and without having to take up much room a really easy way to get input. Now, another reason why I really, really like to bring my wobble board is now remember guys, for the purpose of this is small things and we want things with dual use and dual purpose. I have a lot of kids that like to use it as a seat. Now, the wobble board I have is a little bit bumpy, so some kids don't like that tactile feedback, so I just cover it with the lycra tunnel or with the body sock, but they sit on it. You know those kids that rock and find it really, really hard to sit still, but the minute they've got movement, the minute they've got any sort of vestibular input, they're so engaged in what you're doing. If you just sit them on the wobble board while you're doing your session, while you're doing your activity, you're doing your fine motor, whatever it might be, they're getting that input. Again, you don't have the access to the swing. You're out of school. You don't have all that big equipment that can be so beneficial. So you've got to be creative. And it's such a really easy, simple way to do that. I've also have kids that like to use the wobble boards as a frisbee. Um, and I have copped one to the eyeball. So don't recommend that. Let's put some things in place to prevent that happening to anyone else because they hurt. <laughs> But there's so many games, so many activities, so many talking things you can do just by sitting and standing on the wobble board, getting that input while you're focusing on another task. So really, really valuable. And I love mine. Pretty pretty sure I go everywhere with it. All right, that's my five things. Let's recap. Number one, Lycra Tunnel. Number two, Bubbles. Number three, the iPad. Number four, what was number four? Oh, squigs. I said that were my favorite. How did I forget them? Number four, squigs. And number five, the wobble board. So they, oh no, what about a ball? Why didn't I prepare a ball? Oh, what would I take out if I didn't have a ball? Oh my gosh. On today's podcast episode, I am giving you my top six things that I would pack in every therapy bag. Number six, a ball. <laughs> 
So, you guys, this is, like I said, purely entertainment purposes. Obviously, you can take all of these things. But now I'm thinking, like, I use balls all the time, like throwing and catching, kicking, um, throwing at me. I don't know. I don't know what I would get rid of for a ball. Maybe a ball isn't in my list. I just got really excited because I was like, oh, that's such an important one that I've missed. Anyway, I think <laughs> I think we're going to leave it there before I start rambling. Now, before I, I jump away too quickly, I, of course, must do my fun fact. And Kane is not here today, so we have no no celebrity input. But today's fun fact was actually sent in from a lover of the pod, Carly. Thank you, Carly. I love that people are sending me fun facts now. This is great. And her fun fact was, a crocodile cannot stick its tongue out, which I find really fascinating. Well, I guess not. <laughs> do I find it fascinating? I don't know. <laughs> because a crocodile doesn't really need to stick its tongue out. Maybe it's never known it could. Maybe they can stick their tongues out, but they've never wanted to be silly and tease someone, so they've never had to stick their tongues out. It's an interesting fact, but someone obviously has researched it because that's how we know these fun facts. So thank you, Carly. If you have more fun facts for me, let me know because I want all of your fun facts. And I also want you guys on the pod, so send me your voice memos. Like I said at the start, voice memos of why you love OT, voice memos of funny stories, voice memos of how shit your placement was. I want to know all about it. Well, I want, I want to get you guys on the pod. I'm sick of hearing my voice. But that is all we have for today's episode. A little brainless teaser for you. There's not much thought into that at all, but I'm just glad to be back, glad to be getting into the swing of things. And as of next week, I'm going to have a house. So I'm going to start doing video podcasting. You guys are going to see my mug as well as my voice. So lucky you guys. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Be well, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much.